A warm welcome in today's episode. This is an interview, a renewal conversation. So I have the privilege of introducing Cynthia Damascus, which you've seen on my episodes before, and also Molly Sabarin. And together they have the ministry filled with less. I'm really excited for them to talk about their ministry filled with less and also their journey and any experiences they might have had with stress, with burnout and the lessons they're taking from that so they can share with you. Cynthia Damascus, she is a certified integrative nutrition health coach. She's specializing in functional medicine and nutrition and lifestyle management, and she's the author of Holistic Christian Women and the host of the Holistic Christian Life podcast. Molly Severn, she's an author, a podcaster, and a blogger for Ancient Faith Ministries for the past 15 years. And this is when, in 2019, she embarked on a decluttering journey that really ended up changing her life and introduced her to the power of intentional living. So since Cynthia and Molly, they knew each other, they connected, and they started this beautiful ministry that they're going to share about. And they're also going to share about one of their courses they created called Six Weeks to Sanity, which they open up a few times a year. So with that, I'm going to welcome Cynthia and Molly to in this episode. Welcome, Cynthia and Molly. I'm so excited you are here and you both are, I know you for many years and you did you're doing such a wonderful job with Filled With Less and your ministry and your mission and your shows that you're doing. Anyway, I was so excited that you both are going to come today, especially that you also have your live launch coming up very soon. So I want people to hear about it. I know I've listened to your course and I found it so cool, so inspiring. So I'm really thrilled that you're here. And I just want to share with you. It's the first time I'm actually doing with two people in the same time. So I'm really excited about this. So let's just kind of check in. I'm curious about your journey. Like what maybe talk a bit to the listener, Christian women, professionals and servant leaders just wanted to know about your ministry filled with less. So why don't you share a bit about your journey and what made you decide to do this together and you're still doing it? Well, I'll start out, Molly, if that's okay with you. Yeah, go for it. So I, I, I like to tell the story. I don't know if Molly cringes when I say it, but <laughs> <laughs> I never cringe. <laughs> so I had Holistic Christian Life, which um, is my, my business, my coaching practice. And uh, Molly was working with me, helping me out. And she came to me one day and said, Cynthia, I have this idea for this ministry for women to bring them together in community with each other, Orthodox Christian women um, for encouragement and support and community. And this was in 2019. So this was before COVID and uh, you know, a, pay, a place of peace, an oasis, a refuge where women can come together and, you know, in community. And she said, you know, I'm thinking of the name filled with less. What do you think? And I said, let's do it. Let's totally do it. So, you know, I may bring the credentials of uh, being a holistic health coach and a functional nutrition practitioner and all the stuff that I do on a professional basis, but Molly is the heart and soul. 
So Molly, I'll let you take the heart. That's such a, it's, I mean, really when I look back and it's a miracle that God brought Cynthia and I together, that we lived in proximity. Um, You know, as I reflect on it, you see so clearly how we were drawn together. We have very distinct gifts, Mm -hmm. uh, temperaments, and it just really works well (laughs) together. And, you know, when I was starting this, the reason why I called it Filled with Less was because I had gone through, um, you know, I was feeling very overwhelmed and I went through this decluttering journey and started to, as I simplified my possessions and really minimized my stuff and felt like I had new life breathed into me. And I was talking to Cynthia during this time and um, I was so excited about it. But then what I learned from Cynthia and her practice um, took took this decluttering of my things and expanded it to she helped me see like, oh, you can also declutter your schedule from overcommitment, from hurry. You can um, declutter your body from, from toxins that are making you feel sluggish and um, um, just losing your vibrancy, you know, even through what you eat and decluttering your mindset. Um, so she took, you know, just this kernel of something that I had discovered and really helped blossom it into something quite beautiful. Um, and this is what we brought together. And like you said, this was before the pandemic. This was before we realized how invaluable these tools were um, or would be in the coming years. Mm, yeah. Say more about the tools and journey over, has it been now almost five years, right? Ali, is that true? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, it is. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the tools? I mean, you mentioned the decluttering on also multiple levels, but yeah, how did you envision that? How did it blossom for you? Well, we started with the decluttering. We had a little decluttering course. That was our first. <laughs> so when we looked first back, we never it. created. <laughs> 2019, we had never yeah. put together a course or anything. And so when I look at it now, it's like eh, cringeworthy. Yeah. Well, maybe but... good. Maybe we should have together. I'm like, oh, I want to clutter. <laughs> yeah, it was our first, like, you know, it's one of those things where you feel you have this, you have the heart, you have this desire, you have this shared passion. And it's difficult because you have to kind of take a step toward ambiguity. You've never done this before, right? So where do you begin when you feel like this desire God has given you, like, where do you start? And you just got to take that first shaky step, that imperfect step. And to uh, to me, that was that decluttering course. It was the first, you know, it's endearing to me now because we've learned so much since then. Um, but that's kind of what started our very first thing we created. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a tool. And if I could pause for yeah. a second, uh, as a listener, I think that's just so inspirational, right? That sometimes God puts in us some vision or desire or longing. And it is a very scary sometimes to be in the unknown, like not knowing, want to take a first step and not knowing it hasn't been done. It hasn't been done by you. And how inspiring that you did take that step. And I'm sure there'd be some messy middle right there at times, right? But if I could just pause for a second there, what kept you going in that scary unknown, because that's happened so often for mo- most people, but especially as for women is like, uh, I'm not sure about this. Well, I'll, I'll take that. I think, you know, Molly and I, you know, we started, you know, Molly had 
actually kicked off her whole decluttering process watching a documentary um, on Netflix, and that kicked her journey off. And then there are all these, you know, then you're led to all these other decluttering courses and decluttering books and decluttering on social media and blah, 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 blah. But the faith element, yeah, the Christian faith, the fact that we were made to live in peace and not chaos, right? The fact that we're, we want to be good stewards of our homes and of our possessions. And, you know, that aspect, I think, really drove us because we're like Christian women. I think there's a need out there. Like they need to know that other women are experiencing the same thing they are. And coming up with your big why, like, you know, why do I do what I do? Why do I want to declutter? Is it because I'm embarrassed because when people come over to my house, it's a mess? You know, you know, what's my big why? Is it because it's a fad? And, you know, Marie Kondo has her book out, you know, and we're supposed to, you know, look at our water bottle and say, does this bring me joy? You know, it's like, mm. that's one thing. But it's another thing when your why is... This is a service to God. Yeah. This is respecting him and what he's given us. And yeah, I mean, Molly, I think that's one of the things that was driving me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah, sense I think of was- stewardship, right? That sense of deep. Yeah. So Molly, how about for you? What kept you yeah. going in that unknown? Yes. I think um, having seen it, it, that it's, because I think you're right. It can be very trendy. It can be a fat, but having seen spiritually how dealing with physical clutter affected me realized this was something I had no idea about I had never made that connection um I was someone who really would just wing it you know I was very reactive person you know I've never been really good with intentional being intentional about my things about my time um and so just dipping my toe in that kind of intentionality and to see how it could possibly affect not only myself personally, but my family, how it could help me um, actually develop my gifts. Um, I think, some, like you said, we have these desires that God gives us, these talents, these desires to create, to do, to be fruitful, and overwhelm um, really kind of keeps those things um, inaccessible, I think. Mm-hmm. And so beginning to um, create some order, I was like, oh, I, now I was inspired to like pursue this vocation, you know? Oh. And, you know, it's funny, like you said, I think that's the scariest thing is you can't see where it's going. It yeah. really is like you're on this dark path with a flashlight and you're just taking the next step. The mm-hmm. next thing, you know, and then be faithful to that. What happens with this? And that is exactly how this has evolved over the year. I would say it's definitely an evolved thing from one faithful step at a time. <laughs> right. And that sense of depth and I'm hearing in trusting God. Yeah. I'm reminded of that. Um, I've, I've decided I'm going to have a Bible verse for the year. And my Bible verse is from Hebrews 11, 1. Now the faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. This is from the different translation, King James Version. But I just loved what you said, not knowing you're in the dark with the flashlight. So if you're listening and multitasking, come back and just this is a very important gem, right? And just stay, stay in faith, stay true to yourself and what God's bringing for you. Wow, that's so cool. And here's an example. So, you know, Molly and I are following our 
you know, where our flashlight is leading. And somehow, I can't even remember how this happened now. Oh, yeah, yes, I met Presbyterian Stacy Dorrance at a retreat. And it was an ancient faith retreat. And she's a professional organizer. So we had her on as a guest on our decluttering course. So she was a guest. And then Molly and I thought, oh my goodness, the the three of us together with our specialties and our focuses. And um, we gave a retreat in Chicago, the three of us based on that course. And the three of us came together afterwards and said, we need to really bring this together and show people the full picture. Like it, it's mindset, it's time management and goal setting, it's health and wellness, it's living our faith and our relationships and boundaries and all these things. And that's how Six Weeks to Sanity was born. Mm -hmm. So like Molly said, that flashlight just kept shining on the next thing. Mm -hmm. And just to clarify, if you're listening, you're a Christian, but not Christian Orthodox. Presbyterian means the wife of a priest. Mm -hmm. And the Six Weeks to Sanity is your course, the right that you're launching soon. So we'll talk in a bit for about it. But Molly, you are saying something about the tools. And you mentioned one, and I kind of went a bit on a sidetrack here. Okay. What are some other tools that you are sharing that come through the Six Weeks to Sanity through this process? Well, we always, um, we always go back. You have to start with peaceful mindset. Like everything feels out of control. Starting with how you think, preparing your, your mindset is the very first step. Mm -hmm. And so morning stillness that became, if you do nothing else, um, but work on that for six months, you know, that it, it, that is the most important thing because, what we're looking for always, we're looking for discernment, right? We're looking for, because um, I think a lot of what we find, and I definitely have experienced this, is you have decision fatigue. You have all these things, I think, especially as a woman, that you wake up and you need you need to do your work. You need to take care of the house. You have your family. You have you know, outside volunteer things, perhaps. You have all these things, projects you want to do, and that's where we a lot of times get stuck. Mm. And learning stillness is the time where we surrender expectations, connect with Christ. We get out of the way, invite him in and to let ourselves be led, um, not only one healthy decision at a time, but also our perspective on what is happening yeah. on our trials, on our, you know, so that's the number one tool <clears throat> is that morning stillness, that plugging in, and you have to be so quiet to hear the whispers of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I just love it. Go ahead, Cynthia. I was just going to say, and we created a tool around that, a free resource that people could go to our website. It's called Bubble of Calm mm. that we created. And it's it talks about this. So we're bringing that to people so that they can understand how important this is. And we'll put the link in the episode here. This is why I'm so glad that you're here. And, and there's so much resonance of what you're saying. That's exactly what I'm teaching in the Renewal in Action. And part of it in the Prepare for Giving in the Morning, I actually did a YouTube episode 116, just exactly about that, preparing for giving. And in psychosynthesis, they call it the second waking up. 
We have oh. the first biological waking up. So Dr. Sagioli was a psychiatrist in Italy, mid-century, 20th century. He, he started a psychosynthesis movement. It's amazing. We don't choose how we wake up. Some mornings we wake up when we're fine and some mornings we're stressed or pain or sad or whatever, but we can pause and really connect with a larger perspective of Christ. I love it. So we'll put the link for your free resource there, the bubble of calm. I love it. <laughs> so what else? What else about the your journey and filled with less and, and what you're offering? Not that it has to be more. I'm just curious if there was something else that you'd wanted to share about your journey together in 2024. Do you want me to go, Molly? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yes, sorry. Okay. I don't know if yeah, we're on the please. same, thinking the same, but yeah, I guess when I think about our journey, as we've been following that light at the end of the flashlight, we've been trying to serve God and serve women at the same time. And we were pushing ourselves, you know, the course, and then the people who were in the course, they didn't want to say goodbye, because everyone was kind of bonding. And then it was like, well, let's create this membership then. And so we created a membership. So now we've got those two things. And then there was like, well, why don't we do a book club? Okay, let's do a book club. And so now we have the book club. And, and within the membership, we have the the um, caregiver support group and the goal setting and accountability group. And the uh, and Molly's chat, like we kept building all these things, right? And then we were big on social media, where we would have all these posts on social media and um, just videos and and just trying to encourage women and just just doing what we felt was um, you know God's will. But then, <laughs> personally, I started breaking down. And maybe it was because a lot of this was happening during COVID. So there was that external. Um, and maybe it was because that's also when I found out I had Lyme disease and all that kind of stuff. So there was a physical aspect. But I would say about the by the end of 2020, I was not myself anymore. And it was a burnout of sorts. And thankfully, I've got Molly has been carrying me for a couple of years now while I've sorted through all that, but it just made me think, you know, we can follow God's leading and do what we feel the Holy Spirit is telling us to do and still lead to burnout. And I think a lot of women struggle with that too, because as Christians, well, that doesn't have a place in what I'm doing. You know, I should be sustained and I should be, you know, the prayer right warrior and the everything, right? I've got to be everything to everybody at all times, including God. And um, I don't know. And that can lead to a lot of confusion and a lot of self, you know, like I'm an imposter. Who am I? You're no longer practicing what you preach in some ways, like morning stillness, like that kind of went out the window a little bit with me because I, I could barely hold it together. So I know you talk a lot about burnout and I just wanted to, I don't know, convey to people that it happens to everybody when we're following what we think is God's will. Yes. Yes. No, I think this is so important. I'm so glad you you shared that because we want to, I want also to demystify this, especially for Christian women that we feel like we have to be exactly like how you said it. You said it so beautifully, Cynthia. We want to be there for everyone. We want to give. 
we want to support our families, our church community, work, neighbors. I mean, there's and so many opportunities. I think we live in an unprecedented time because of the internet now and the ability to travel so much. There's so many opportunities. And I this is what I've discovered. I'm curious if you noticed that. The better someone becomes, the more skilled, the more refine in their offerings, the more people are going to come asking for help, right? Yeah. And if we yeah. want to follow Christ and we cannot say no, it's becoming, it's the path to burn us. I'm, I'm glad to mention that because it's not always talked about what are some of the Christian pressures, right? Yeah. Especially for women to keep giving that brings on to burnout. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, so if you're a listener, just so you know, you're not alone. If all those thoughts are going <clears throat> back, no one is going to put them on Facebook. Like we're like, oh, rosy and pink there exactly and you know yeah i mean there's the hope right i feel like i'm on the other end of it now like i've I've come out my physical issues are being healed Uh, it's a new start you want i think i told you a a week or two ago that you know this is my comeback here (laughs) and you know so i just want people to know that when the going gets tough just hang in there and let other people mm-hmm. support you let other people i mean god has you in his hands but let other people have you in their hands also yeah. and um don't feel like you've got to go it alone you're going to come out okay yeah it's going to be good that's amazing thank you for sharing cynthia how about molly you do you have something to share about the different cultural pressures or even Christian culture pressures that can be stressful and can lead to burnout. Sure. Um, absolutely. I mean, we had talked, we had you on our podcast recently too, and it was such a beautiful conversation about, you know, kind of a recent burnout for me. And I can definitely pinpoint what started that. And like for mine, I think um, during, during the pandemic as well, for me, it was watching my kids really s- suffered through that. And there were lasting impacts still that we're still battling from just a kind of a tumultuous period. And I think for me, as you know, I was striving definitely to, to solve, to comfort, um, trying to figure out these were unprecedented times. I think for parents never had never seen anything like this to even know where to begin to get help. And, you know, and on top of that, you're also trying to maintain your, job, you know, and keep, you know, everyone's home. So you're trying to keep the house. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, you definitely can only, you can only handle so much, right. Um, Before your body will say at some point, I'm done, you know, I I can't do this. But I think even though, like I said, this is what we practice is what we preach. um, Even though we still experience it, I think the most valuable thing is I still always have those tools in my arsenal. I have the vocabulary. I have the, um, even the, uh, to understand the importance, the absolute importance of your mindset in those situations. Because if you approach your burnout from a place of negative self-talk, you can so Mm -hmm. easily go into saying, what's wrong with you? what, you know, why are you so lazy? Why are you, um, why can you never stick with anything? You, you know, that mindset is just going to spiral. But if I could approach it from a mindset of, okay, everything is usable. What information 
is this situation telling me? This is information, right? This is good information that um, is protective actually, right? Because you're saying, okay, this direction isn't working. You have to, this is, you have to pivot. Um, God does not give us this kind, this is not our plan to be this inner turmoil. So there had this, stop hitting this wall, <laughs> right? Yes, um, yes. Time to reevaluate. And so some things, you know, even after I would say, some of my burnout, some things I realized about myself, um, some Christian pressures was I can easily think, especially being an Orthodox Christian, there is so much depth. There are so many options. There are so much prayer you can do. There's so many services you can attend. And I definitely had a more is better yes. mindset. And that is from the most purity of my heart, you know, um, and I was doing that thinking, okay, it has to be longer prayers has to be better. More services has to be better. Longer services has to be better for my soul, you know? And I think what I kind of realized was what was happening was it was became more of an obligation and striving mm -hmm. when I, what I needed was more connection and rest. Mm -hmm. So connection, yeah. New yeah. connection. And for me, what that looked like was rather than these long um, set prayer rules at certain times. I was someone who all day long need to connect and pray smaller and consistent all day long, you know? So it's a very much a relationship. Um, and so that was like super important information for me was, it was, how was I praying? And I kept going back to father Hopko's 55 maxim, like pray as you can, you know, not as you think you must, what does that mean? You know, cause the main thing, right. Is to keep that connection that rest all day long, right? So like things like that, you know, just little tweaks like that, that I realized this is, was affecting my, my inner calm. Yeah. And I love what you said, Molly. I, there's something about the, the journey that you've shared that you have had other times when you might have hit a wall and this time it was quicker. You realize it and you pivot it quicker. I, that's my experience with how change happens as well. And it's good if you're listening to this, just because you've gone, it's not your first rodeo, you've gone through this place and you might be like the two of you professionals teaching this and you still experience that, that in itself is not bad. Um, you might want to click on the episode 100 when I talk about how change really happens we become aware at the beginning very late. Like I burn out twice, right? First time was not enough. I had to <laughs> go <laughs> one more time to, to, to realize, oh, this is it. But then the second time was quicker. And then it becomes quicker and quicker. And sometimes we can still catch it in the middle and quality of feeling is the same. So that's what we want to remember. Just because it feels qualitatively the same, it's not necessarily the same you have the tools in your toolbox and you can just go back in the saddle really quickly. So it's not a failure, just keep bringing back to the imposter syndrome. Thank you, Cynthia, for naming that. Absolutely. And I think this is so important what you're saying. And we're all, I'm so happy how we're all synchronized in such a way, right? That we do want to connect with God every moment. That yeah. is, this is not just for particular times on a biological level, sympathetic parasympathetic there, there's no separation god is everywhere filling all things so yeah thank you for naming that and i wasn't sure cynthia 
if you want to add something more to that, to which we have to, this idea that we want to, how to experiencing burnout, right? And then how quickly we can catch it and coming back uh, or the connection yeah. with God, kind of responding to Molly's comments. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that when you start feeling that overwhelm and like you're not yourself anymore or in a certain situation or whatever, like, what did I just say? What did I just do? How? You know, what was that at? reaction, action? You can try to notice Mm-hmm. these things it's easy to just gloss over and get to the next thing because you are overwhelmed and but to sit back in quiet and silence and notice these things something isn't quite right with me what is that and i think in those times of silence when you're contemplating these things god will often show you mm-hmm. where the friction is coming from Mm-hmm. And with Molly, it was so clear that she had just been striving and striving and pushing herself. And this happened during the holidays. And there was so much going on. It was like she was bumping up against her boundaries. Mm-hmm. And God was saying, nope, this is where you stop. This is where you draw a line. This is right. So I guess it's just noticing, taking deep breaths you know, and from a physical standpoint, I, I always think about lowering our cortisol levels. Yes. Yeah. Right. By doing those deep belly breaths and by sitting in silence and saying the Jesus prayer for those of you who aren't Orthodox who are listening, it's just Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Be that short. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting, I had some conversations, Catholic, I also have the Jesus prayer. And uh, in other Christian traditions, they might use like a centering prayer with a word. So it's the same thing, but you focus on the breath. Thank you for naming that. And as you open that topic, almost like one of the questions that I always get is, how do you know when burnout is happening? Because it is subtle we go in from acute stress to chronic stress. And at that point, the body kind of like, oh, I'm fine. I can do this. I can push more. Mm-hmm. But then there's some subtle symptoms. And I think the more we share what we experience, what are the so subtles? Like, Cynthia, you've talked about something is not right. So I'm curious if we can just pause for a few minutes from all of us. Let's brainstorm. What are some of the subtle symptoms that you've noticed? Because that might help also the listener like, oh, Maybe this is when I need to pause. Like we know, okay, we have to pause. We There's certain things to do, but the hardest thing sometimes <clears throat> is how do we know when we're a bit off balance? What are some of the subtle things? So what would you say from your experience? What To, to me, it was conversations. I'd have conversations with people that were not edifying, like mm-hmm. get off the phone and it's like, that wasn't me. Like, oh. Why did I react that way? Why did I talk that way? That wasn't me. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. That's great. Yeah. Great awareness. Okay. So something was off in the communication and kind of pausing. Okay. What was my, what were my words, my behavior? Okay. This is not exactly how I want to be. That's really cool. That's great. Good. Multitasking. Come back and rewind this and listen. This is subtle, but it's so important. Yeah. Yeah, and, and related to that, I would say, say um, something would be almost the inability, like 
when you know, I try really not to micromanage. I try to think before I speak. I try if, you know, and the, you know, you, the minute you want to say something so bad is when you probably shouldn't say it. <laughs> and I, there, I, I have difficulty with that. I feel that I need to, when, when I'm, when I'm on the verge of burnout, I do a lot of, um, especially I would say with my own family members, um, I have a difficult time holding my tongue, mm -hmm. um, and, and trusting, I, I tend it's like, it's like, I'm, I'm giving things to God. I'm giving things to God. And then I take that back and try to, and try to micromanage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that's one. I think the other thing is <clears throat> like one thing I've learned on the other side of, of this experience of this burnout is you have to pay so much attention to your physical inner life. Okay. So like, um, right now I'm very calm very calm here. I'm calm talking to you. Um, and I want this to be my default state. And sometimes I will notice the turmoil start to kick in. Mm -hmm. And what I'll think is it's not bad yet. Just override it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So just override it and push through, push through, keep, keep doing what you're doing. Um, you're probably going to be fine. This is normal. But what I notice is that's the dangerous part is when I push, I override it. It's starting to stir. I override it. I push. I don't want to deal with it because I don't want to stop. Um, and then I will push through and keep trying. And um, that's when it can really backfire on me. Mm. I yeah. love that because you switched, Molly, to the <clears throat> inner. Uh, Cynthia talked about the kind of examination of self, the self-awareness, right? And Molly, you mentioned the sense of what's arising in you and overriding you notice that feeling whatever it is and that impulse overriding this is so cool for me what I've noticed is I get into self-critical thoughts and mm. this idea which is very subtle and I think for many people and I think especially for us women you know women are psychology research psychological research is showing that women we tend to use coping skills that are either we, we're connecting with people or we're trying to shift our emotions. All right, we want that peace. So when I find myself like, oh, I just want to be peaceful, which is a wonderful goal. I think we all should have it, but it's looking differently for each person. For me, that peace, if I'm trying to override my inner experiences or feelings to get that peace, that's kind of like what you're saying, Molly, overriding myself versus, yeah. oh, I can be peace, even if it's cloudy outside, like the weather okay, it's a storm. I'm having all sorts of emotions. What if nothing is wrong? What if all is well? And I just have some emotions where I can just pause and take that moment. So when I get into the self-critic and all of a sudden judging my inner experiences, right? Now, obviously we want on our behavior to examine that and shift that. But when I'm starting to judge my own conditions internally, this is where I notice that I might push through and I might get into suppression or, okay, let, let's, let's get into my, I call it my Zen mode. You know, let, let me just get into this peaceful Zen mode and just everything is fine when maybe it's okay. I'm sad or I'm stressed. I just need to pause and find what my needs are. So that's kind of my litmus test. What's happening inside of my mind. And let's, let's brainstorm. Is there anything else as that, as we're having this conversation that spurred out, because this will be so helpful for the listener. Yeah. I, I have a couple others. 
I, and I kind of put on my health coach hat here, things that I talk to a lot of my clients about um, that are, I think are red flags. Mm-hmm. Um, one is self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. Like you don't usually um, eat certain things or drink certain things because, you know, you're on a health journey and, and you're trying to improve in that area. Um, but now all of a sudden, you know, someone sent you a box of chocolates for Christmas and you just sat down and ate 10 of them and you have an upset stomach and you're like, what just happened? Mm. Not that I can identify with that. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I'm very specific. That doesn't have to be chocolate. It could be anything. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> And, and, you know, like I usually go for a walk, at, you know, every morning, but, oh, I think I'm just going to lay on the couch a little while longer and read a book, you know, so self-sabotage things. Um, then there is retreating from people like so-and-so wants to get together with for lunch with me. And, oh, I just, you know, it just seems like too much work. I have to make myself look nice and leave the house. And you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden that's just too big. So you're start pulling back from people. So that's another one. And then if I may, a, another one I thought of is, um, you know, you start you start losing joy in things that you used to love. That This happened to me during my burnout time with tennis. Like I, I continued playing, but I was dragging myself there and I you know, couldn't get away fast enough after the match was over. And I just didn't have the joy anymore. So, you know, that kind of um, borderlines on, de- on depression, you know, symptoms of depression too. So I think that there are some correlations between burnout and depression. They, they can go hand in hand. Yeah, especially if there's, um, I mean, what's interesting in all the mental health diagnosis is that, just to make an aside, is they become a problem, not just because we have the experience of sadness that we're depressed, but when it's actually engaging the body at a level, so it's affecting the neurobiology and it's lasting for so long, and the litmus test is, is it impacting functioning level? So we can have sadness, we can have depression. That's part of life. That doesn't mean necessarily we're depressed, but it can get to that point, absolutely. So I love those uh, things, right? That noticing changes like, oh, I'm pulling back more. Maybe I'm self-sabotaging what was easy for me to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'm not following that and I'm having a backlash here. I really appreciate that. And that might be a time to think, wait, wait a minute, what's going on in my life? Maybe I'm handling, I have too many responsibilities. What What's going on that I need to examine or what are my needs that are not met? And what was the third one you said, Cynthia? So you said pulling back, backfiring and... Um, the self-sabotage and the... Um, lack oh, of losing the joy. Losing the joy, yeah. Joy, yeah. Oh yeah, that's so good. Anything else that you thought of, Molly, from your experience? Again, it's very subtle, right? It's so, so it's subtle. Also, it's yep. also different for every person. Yeah. I think, you know, recently, I was just talking to a friend about this. Um, you're right. It's so subtle. And that vigilance, it, it requires a lot of vigilance, right? A lot of, um, that's why having that constant connection, however we can with Christ, with the Holy Spirit, to, to give us that little bits of wisdom, it, it really does require kind of a quiet, to quiet things down so we can hear it. 
And the other day after the situation, I've been really trying to be, to listen, to listen to my gut, to listen to the wisdom. And I had made dinner for people, for everybody. It was late. I'd gotten home late. And um, I think I'd made like grilled cheese and tomato soup or something like that. And so I had made it. I cleaned everything up. It was like 7.30. I finally sat down at the table with, I tried to set the table and um, I sat down to eat and I get a text and my daughter was like, oh, could you, I'm so hungry. Could you make another one? And the first, like my, my, my initial thing would be, oh, okay. Yeah. Get up and do it. You know, like, and then I'm like, wait a minute. No, listen, mm. I just sat down, you know, like these are the little things over and over that I push through that I override. Mm. And this is what causes burnout. And so I said, oh, honey, you know what? I paused and said, I actually, I already cleaned up and I just sat down to eat. Um, if you would like to make one, there's plenty of stuff in there, you know, and she was just like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, but pausing to, to stop myself <clears throat> first, because it's that small to, mm-hmm. to, to check in with yourself before you just automatically get up and go and do and say yes. Um, because those things add up to lead to that kind of exhaustion. Mm, I love that. And I wonder I know for me, when I, when I'm hearing here as a sign to kind of think through is keep giving, keep giving, keep saying yes. And that could be also a subtle for me, an emotional need of being seen, being uh, appreciated, right? Yeah, let me do one more thing. And uh, I, I want to become a saint. Like, can I just be like uh, Mother Teresa, please here? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That kind yeah. of need for feeling special. And that can also, if when we're aware of that, to really pause because it can get us into trouble. And that could be actually an emotional need, right? An emotional need. And I'm so glad that you gave that example. Uh, what an inspiration. And and she had no trouble, right? Right, right. No <laughs> I had, and, right. You know, and again, going back to those 55 maxims, you know, um, Father Hopko also said, you know, um, what is it? Don't do for others what they can and should do for themselves. Yes, I love um, that. And yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think sometimes I get a little confused. Spiritually, it can, can be a little confusing of, yes, I want to be like a saint, right? Mm-hmm. Give and give and give. Um, and so that can be a little confusing. But I, if you listen, I feel like sometimes when I think that way, that's just me plowing ahead without connecting with Christ mm-hmm. first. Right? Mm-hmm. Um and because I really do feel like he does provide from minute to minute exactly what we need. Yeah. Speak, say something, say nothing, hold back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But we have to be totally present in the present moment and listening. Yeah. I love that. And there was something about, I share this in my course, Renewal in Action, that one mindset shift can be, which is connected to what you shared about Father um, Hopko, is to think that as we, scaffolding, as we really empower others to be resourceful, that's another way of giving. I like to think of almost like multiplying the fish, right? There's so much I could do one person to provide the fish and the bread, but like Christ multiply that the way we multiplied it by planting seeds and allowing others to thrive and grow and do the work. So they discover their own resourcefulness. So 
That was such a beautiful example. So if you're listening here and sometimes wonder, try this a little bit, you know, how do I, how do I say some boundaries in a way that are loving, but also make that person empowered? I think that's just so good. And we need examples like this because otherwise many women feel like, oh, I cannot say no. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. We're so blessed in the Christian faith to have so many other Christians who've gone before us mm -hmm. and our saints to look at, you know, the way they live their lives and as an example to us. Sometimes I think it skews us towards thinking that we need to be a saint ourselves, like big S saint, like, you know, just giving, 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 and never letting other people act in the role that God created for them. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's a subtle, a subtle difference there, right? And I, you know, Molly and I teach a lot about self-care, and I know you do too. And um, there are people who just don't get it. Like self-care is selfish. Mm -hmm. It's all about me. And, you know, we're never, never talking about, you know, self-care, like, you know, getting our nails done and taking bubble baths and eating Godiva chocolates and watching soaps all day or whatever some people think self-care means. Also, so, can I just pause? There's nothing yeah. wrong with having nice nails. There's, yeah, no, there's nothing. Like if you're listening and you like to do yeah. your nails, like I, I think that's okay. I think what you're saying is not overly indulging, right? Can exactly. I that? Okay. It's, like <laughs> it's not always all about me and my desires and my wants or whatever. It's creating healthy boundaries because when we are healthy ourselves through self-care, through boundaries or, or whatever we're doing, our health or whatever, it makes us better for the people around us. It's the difference between our daughter coming down the stairs and saying something that triggers us and we say something back yes, you know, that we yes. want to say or being graceful because we've had self-care. We've had our quiet time in the morning. We've been in prayer. We've journaled. We've stretched. We've done whatever. And to say sweetly, well, honey, I'm not sure that's the right way to go. Or, you know what I mean? Exactly. So, Getting that centered. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Absolutely. That's yeah. beautiful. I actually liked in your course, Six Weeks to Sanity, you had Presbytera Stacy, and she talks about dressing beautifully and showing up. There's something also that... Even St. Paul said, don't think only of, of your hair, right? In, in one of his phrases, it's like, okay, we're women. We love beauty. There's something visually appealing to that. But you're right. Many times it's understood that this is it. We're just going to be self-centered. And it's mm -hmm. not that when we're replenished, right? We can be better. We can be more centered to the others. That's awesome. So do you want to as we're wrapping up, I really want the listeners to hear about your six weeks to sanity, your launch, and what do you have prepared and maybe how they can sign up. What do you want to share? Sure. Molly, you want me to? Yeah, you go for it. Yeah. I'm super excited because every time we open the doors to this course, new women come in. We've had a few men too, <laughs> but they tend to be very quiet and you know they know they're in the minority. But these Mostly women come in from all over the world. We have women from all over the world. And repeatedly we have heard, this has changed my life. And oh my gosh, it's so humbling because something that Pres Stacy and Molly and I thought that we could bring to the world is really impacting people. Like this is 
phenomenal. So I, I'm I'm so excited to meet this new group, mm-hmm. this new community, and then all the past participants, they have lifetime access. So a lot of them jump right back in and become part of this new community because every time they say they learn something different and and it just enhances their life. So yeah. I had mentioned earlier that we have it's six weeks, obviously, six weeks of sanity. There's a new module every week. You can kind of go at your own pace. You know, you don't have to, you know, it's not a lot of homework. It's not labor intensive or time intensive. Um, a new module opens each week, I would say, I don't know, Molly, what would you say? It's like maybe an hour of their time, if that. Yeah. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then um, there are opportunities to get together on Zoom as a community, which you can be there or you can watch the recording. And we go through mindset, goal setting and time management, healthy body, boundaries and relationships, and living our faith. And decluttering. And decluttering. I'm sorry. I forgot the decluttering. So that's very yes. important. We start. Yeah. So we really try to cover every aspect. And some people jump in because it's like, oh, yes, I need to declutter. And that's the module that they really grab onto and take off with. Other people are like, oh, my goodness. Yes, I need to pay attention to my health. I need to make a change this year. And then that's the module. So there's something for everyone. But and what is the red thread? Like what in one sentence, what is where people come in and what's the goal, if that makes any sense? Like there's all these aspects, but what's at the core? Yeah, I would say because it's a it, it is, it's a it's a it's like a life overhaul, right? But what it's doing is it's I think the main goal of it, the mission statement of this yeah. is to teach us how to respond to our lives in everything, the opportunities, the trials, instead of react to them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when we live and, react- and it's through simplifying? Is through that- simplifying through, through intent, being intentional, that very thing. Mm-hmm. So you wake up in the day, you prepare for the day ahead, mm-hmm. and you are trying from one minute to the next to make the healthiest decision you can with mm-hmm. the discipline of Christ. And that could be, when you enter a conversation, um, when you enter a task mm-hmm. and beginning to train ourselves to um, to respond in a way that is positive, that is healthy, that is resilient. And that's the kind of thing where it doesn't matter what's going on around, you're controlling what you can control instead of being blown about by tumbleweed, by all the things that feel out of control. Mm-hmm. It, it's intentional living for the Christian woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So intentional living, you simplify and you bring that discernment, right? Of making the different choices from moment to moment. And the focus, the reason we give lifetime access is because this is all a journey. Like in six weeks, you're not going to have it all down. No. It's something you'll want to keep, you know, reassessing and coming back to because I think it just gradually makes you better and better living intentionally, peaceful, joyful. Yeah. everything I think we all want to live yes, yes. well that's wonderful and we'll put the link do you have a, a link to for people to sign up to be have a link it starts really quickly February 5th it's coming up really fast yes yes it is wow thank you so much for this conversation was there anything else that you wanted to share each of you before we wrap up any any more nuggets 
just, I think if people go to filledwithless.com, they'll see how to sign up for the course, but they'll also get to sign up for other resources and have access to all of our free stuff and our membership. They'll be able to sign up for what we call a weekly wellness newsletter. It comes out every Wednesday and it has our latest podcasts and uh, recipes and the product of the week and all kinds of fun stuff to look forward to every Wednesday. So sign up for that, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. How about for you, Molly? Anything else? Well, first of all, I just want to, we both want to, I mean, just how thankful we are for what you yeah. are doing, what an honor it is to be um, here with you. And it just reminds me of the importance of really feasting on things that inspire and uplift on what you are offering. Go listen. I mean, I've been listening to your podcast, what you've been doing on YouTube. Um, we try to offer community. So we're having conversations. And the more we immerse ourselves in this kind of healing, uplifting content, um, the more stamina we're going to have. Right. So I think, you know, don't try to go it alone. Yes. Yeah. Really meant to do this together um, and to just, so we're so thankful again for this opportunity and for everything that you do. It's so beautiful and truly helpful. Um, so we're just yeah, great. Thank you. Well, thank you. And I think that's such an important thing to remember for all of us and our listeners. <clears throat> there are many resources out there. Like use your discernment and really find your people to support you. It doesn't matter, right? You might follow me or or not, or or follow you. I mean, you have the same spirit. That's why we're resonating in such good ways. Like whatever it is, just find it and then don't go alone. Because I think as Christian women, we have a tendency to just plow through. We've, we've got to be that um, uh, person, but it's really important to have that support in place and not be afraid to try and not be afraid to really learn and grow. And yeah, so thank you. Thank you for being here and for all you're doing. Thank you. Maybe we can end with a prayer. Is that okay if I say quick? Yes, yes it'd be wonderful. Thank you so much, God, for what Cynthia and Molly are doing in the world and for Filled with Less for their ministry. May you continue to bless it and may you continue for them to bring your light into the world. And may you bless all the listeners and their families and their communities and may be inspired that the more authentic we are, the more we actually can identify our mindsets and emotions and be who God intended, um, who you God intended to be, the easier it's going to be. And I pray for blessings in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Molly and Cynthia, for being here today. And thank you for listening or watching this episode. I hope this is an inspiration for you that there are so many elements that many times people don't talk about online. So I hope you get inspired that many of the reactions that maybe you might have or or you have some more clarity about burnout signs. And I want to encourage you, there's going to be lots of links below, but you might wonder, well, how, where do I know to work with Cynthia and Molly or work with you, Ioana? Like, what are some of the differences? So 
just in a nutshell, my program, which I'm running right now at the end of the renewal week, is more in working with the inner world from inside out. So from the inner awareness, inner experiences and perceptions of of emotions, of thoughts, of body sensations, and how to think through creating a rhythm and a blueprint that could work in your life. So I don't necessarily, I trust your wisdom and I know that God is working through you that you'll have the answers to create the blueprint, the masterpiece, so to speak, a blueprint of renewal that is so flexible that no matter what season you're in, you can adapt. If you're really busy, you can still take care of thoughts, emotions, body, and your soul in an organic way. So it takes my program six months just because I wanted you to do it in an organic way and not have to stress about it. So you can slowly work at it. But once you practice it, it's going to become organic. Now, Cynthia and Molly's programs are just amazing. And although we have the same overarching perspective, their focus is on the application, as you heard, you know, how do we declutter home? How do we think in terms of my physical needs? How do I actually work on mindsets, on living and making decisions in as a Christian woman? So depending on where you are and what really piques your interest, you can pick the programs that you want because we have people that have been in both programs and they've noticed like, oh, You have the same framework, but addressing it in a different way. So I'll put in the links for Filled With Less so you can get more information and sign up for that. And if you haven't signed up for the Renewal Week, you can do that. My programs, especially the Renewal in Action, my core program, as I mentioned, is six months. I build it in a way that you can do it while you go about your day. So with that, I thank you for everything you do, and I'll say goodbye for now.